0: Good morning. Today is 9-11, the 21st anniversary of the attack on our homeland in New York, New York, Arlington, Virginia, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. It was a dark day for America, and more than 20 years later, we must remain vigilant as a nation. To jump ahead in my journey, here is the story of where I was on September 11, 2001. By this time in my career, I was the commander of the 341st Services Squadron at Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana. Malmstrom is located in Great Falls, which is the third largest city in Montana, and at that time had about 55,000 citizens. On that morning, I got to my office at about 6 a.m., getting ready for the day. I was just getting my plan together. As the commander, I had a TV in my office, and just before 7 one of the sergeants from downstairs, ran into my office where I was in an informal discussion with two others. Wondering why he interrupted the meeting, there was a pause and he said, Sir, turn on your TV. What? Turn on my TV? We're in a meeting. He repeated, Really? Turn on your TV? What we saw was unimaginable. As the images of the first plane into the World Trade Center unfolded, word spread quickly And my office got filled. We were watching and listening, stunned like the rest of the nation. Just moments later, it looked like they were repeating the crash of the plane. And I said, no, wait, look, it looks like it's a second plane. And then the announcer said, this is a second plane. The office continued to get more people as the duty day was officially starting. While we watched the horror unfold, I was taking the opportunity to talk about the implications for the Pentagon and the administration, having been assigned at the Pentagon two tours earlier and going to Malmstrom from teaching national security strategy at the University of Texas at Austin. I noted that there have been much smaller attacks by terrorist groups to include the World Trade Center in 1993. I continue saying what they have not done in the past is to coordinate an attack in another major city at the same time. Moments later, the announcement of the crash into the Pentagon was broadcast. Everyone stared at me. By the time the plane crashed in Pennsylvania, we were all wondering what was happening and what was next. Air Force Services is responsible for military affairs, and with that, we had the most experience with mass casualties. From a civilian perspective, you may remember that it was Air Force Mortuary that handled the crash of Secretary Ron Brown's plane from Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. And more recently, during the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, images on TV showed the fallen military members were brought first to Dover Air Force Base for dignified processing. With that small background, the expert in mass casualties was at the Air Force Services Agency in San Antonio. You may remember that all planes were stopped in U.S. airspace. The lone plane carrying this gentleman did fly from San Antonio to Washington, D.C. because his expertise was sorely needed. I remember vividly living in a relatively small city as one drove down the streets of Great Falls Nearly every single home and business was flying the flag. There were flags on lawns, flags draped on buildings, and a sense of patriotism was clear. We were united, and we are American. I suspect that was similar in nearly every place across the country. Malmstrom Air Force Base is home to the 341st Missile Wing. It is one of three bases that maintains and operates the Minuteman III Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. So you can imagine that we were on high alert and the base was locked down. Leaving the base was not an option for those that lived on base. When the lockdown was lifted, a colleague of mine shared this story. They were getting ready to drive off the base for the first time after the lockdown when one of the young children started screaming and crying as they approached the gate. What was going on? What they learned was because the young child saw the images on TV over and over, he thought it was just outside the base and was scared. I remember how that impacted my own lens as a person that doesn't have children. You may remember that TV stations stopped showing the clip of the planes crashing into the buildings because of the concern the images would have on viewers. Since that time, I've had the opportunity to go to the museums, both in New York and Washington, D.C., seeing artifacts of that tragic and dark day. Unfortunately, the museum closed in Washington and hopefully the artifacts will be displayed in other museums at some time in the future. I've lived in Arlington for many years, was stationed in the DC area twice, and including the Pentagon. And as you'll learn, I currently live just a mile and a half from the Pentagon today. The Pentagon building was repaired. The towers in New York City were replaced with the Freedom Tower. And there are monuments in all three locations honoring those who lost their lives. As time passes and memories start to fade over time, today, on the anniversary of September 11th, 2001, we must take the time to both remember and more than remember, we must remain vigilant. As Americans, we must not let our passion for our way of life of freedom and democracy fade. I offer this, that America continues to represent both democracy and freedom. As our national anthem goes, and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Ending with, and the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. The Boy in the Trash Can Podcast is a production of CSJ Associates.